You are listening to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, episode 29. Welcome to Behind the Pulpit Podcast, the podcast designed to grow young ministers. This is Tim Lucas, and with me today in the grand, virtual, opulent, shining studio is Nigel Ali and Ryan Goff. How are you doing, guys? Hey, man. We're doing fantastic. Doing good, man. <laughs> doing good. All right. Well, the, the reason they're laughing, I'm sure, is because I look... Well, actually, can't even see me. Can't see you. Because um, <laughs> nope. I have a towel over my head. Why do I have a towel over my head, you might ask? That is because I'm sitting in a bathroom recording in a hotel. Yes, my children are trying to sleep. Hopefully, I'm not being too loud. And as all of you know... Bathrooms reverberate. It is not good for recording. And so I'm trying to do my best to give you a pleasant listening experience by recording with a towel over my head. And it is barely working. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but yeah, so, uh, this week I've had a very good week. I've done a lot of interesting things, I guess. I got to go back to ABI for graduation. So we will talk about that in just a little bit. First, um, What's been going on with you guys this week? Man, I've been uh, out in Oklahoma this week since Friday uh, in a revival with uh, Pastor Darren Smith. Nice. And a fantastic move of God. Several received the Holy Ghost. We saw people delivered reports of healing. So it was a wow. great, great weekend. We just pulled in this afternoon, actually evening, and uh, celebrated my son second son's birthday a quick celebration and uh, now i'm here <laughs> so it's been it's i didn't been realize great. our se- how old is your second oldest N- nathaniel, nathaniel just turned four yeah he oh, turned four. okay when yeah. so when is his actual because uh, asher's birthday was on saturday like his actual his birthday actual birthday today <coughs> just today yeah. oh okay okay so we drove back uh, close to seven hours and then came home and Got him a surprise, quick cupcakes and stuff like that. Sang him a happy birthday. He's a happy champ. <laughs> they're simple. Yeah. To, they're easy to please, right? Simple. No big thing. Just family saying him happy birthday. He's just as happy as he could be. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? That's awesome. Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, it's been a while since we've recorded. I don't know if the listeners oh, yeah. realize and, and that. And you were saving us. You were saving a story for us. Now we saved this story for the air. So me and Nigel are hearing this live. I mean, it's not live when I've... you hear it, but we right now are hearing it live. We don't know what's going to happen. Something about a car. That's all I know. I'm curious. Yes. No. <laughs> My wonderful family van, Honda Odyssey. You know, you would think that they'd be reliable. For the most part, it has been. I bought it used, but we wanted to get my family down to Los Angeles for my wife's grandmother's 90th birthday. Uh, she kind of forgot about it. And so we had to put these plans together somewhat last minute. And <clears throat> for most of our listeners, I'm sure you're aware that we have three children now, uh, one of which is a three month old. So flying, uh, my wife flying by herself was pretty much out of the picture. So the only other option was, Driving down with them to Los Angeles, me flying back by myself, and then her driving up with her mother, and then her mom flying back. 
Uh, believe it or not, it was actually pretty roughly about the same price as it would have cost for the three of them to fly down and to fly back. But the stress of just having to fly, I mean, I know I wouldn't want to do it and I didn't want to have her to do that. So it happened to be Mother's Day weekend. So it was actually ended up being a blessing because we got to see my mother in Medford for breakfast. And then my grandparents who happened to live, who live in Homer happened to be in San Jose. So we made a pit stop in San Jose, uh, Saturday night, spent, got to see them, went to church with them Sunday morning at a church there in San Jose. And we're, we leave San Jose at one in the afternoon. We grab a quick lunch and we're beelining it for Los Angeles. We wanted to be in LA at church for the 630 service. Uh, I had to leave super early Monday morning and we wanted to be there. I wanted to be there for the service. I knew the kids would be tired, <clears throat> but I, uh, I just really wanted to be there. So we get about an hour into the drive and we make a pit stop to get gas and some food and we're getting ready to leave. And all of a sudden my van flashes this warning light that I'd never seen before. It says, uh, recharging system failure. Uh, oh. And the battery uh, lights up. And I'm like, oh, okay, what is this? And I put the car in drive and it's slow to go. Like it's not yeah. given the right gas. And I put it in park, mutter a prayer to myself under my breath. And my wife's looking up uh, kind of what's what's what this means. Basically, it means your alternator is, is kaput. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. And the one thing they say is, you know, basically turn off all your accessory things and you're only going to be able to go basically for as long as the battery will last. Uh, right. Because battery is no longer constantly being charged. Um, right. So, you're you're kind of, uh, you're stuck basically. Yeah. So, I, I've just, I'm like, okay, we unplug everything and I just put it in drive, hit the gas and it takes off. So we get on the freeway and I just start praying. I'm like, and yeah. I didn't want to freak Janine out because she didn't quite understand the severity of what was going on. And I didn't, you know, she was busy dealing with the boys and I was just I basically praying. I'm like, God, please just get me to church. Like, I just yeah. want to get to church. I got to leave. I got to leave in the morning. I got to flight out. At 6 a.m., no, 8 a.m., I got to work on Tuesday. I'm 230 miles away from Los Angeles. I can't get stuck. <clears throat> so, no joke, right as soon as I say that, as soon as it that the prayer leaves my mind, Janine's like, oh, the warning light's gone. Wow. And I thought to myself, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Now just get me to church and and I drove nonstop for the next four and a half hours, two hundred thirty miles, however long it took us. I mean, I was averaging like eighty miles an hour probably. Pulled into the church parking lot. We got there right at six p.m. Got there, had an awesome service. Uh, gave gave our little testimony there about what had happened, and you know I was just thankful because I figured the van was was good to go. <laughs> and right. no joke, we go out that night after church is over. Janine gets in the car, turns it on, and gets ready to leave. 
and nothing's working. Like all these warning <laughs> lights are, are flashing on. <laughs> like it's just, wow. it's going haywire. She tries pushing the gas. The car is like sputtering, jerking. Yeah. And, uh, I was just thinking to myself, like, bless God, we made it just literally, literally. <laughs> Why did you only ask time. for that? <laughs> I know, I know. But what ended up being, uh, another miracle was that, and whatever, I mean, you can call it a miracle, you can, not, you can call it coincidence, yeah. whatever, but uh, there's a guy in the church uh, there in LA, his name is Gene. He is a, he's a skilled mechanic who happens to be out of work and was able and willing to work on our car, replace the alternator, all that stuff for like 300 bucks. And my father-in-law actually ended up paying for it. Wow. So it didn't cost me anything. Um, Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was cool. And and as I was driving, I was just thinking about it. And I know it's like, it's just kind of a simple thought that it's an easy comparison, but it's amazing how quickly, when I was reading about it, how quickly the car will lose its power once it's disconnected from the charging That's source, true. once it's, once it's mm-hmm. disconnected from That's from true. the power source that 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 uh, re-energizes that that um, keeps the battery charged, and I was just you know correlating that to my prayer life and my walk with God, and and how important it is Amen. to constantly stay connected because you can Ain't you're not going to last very long at all. Yeah. Oh man, that's so like good. that battery that, that you know, and on average, it, I don't know exactly how long it would last, but you know, I'm just I didn't get in an exact number, but I knew I know that it wasn't very long. Uh that the battery can run by itself and and especially the van just because it's so it requires a lot of energy, uh a lot of power to to run. So it was a well, it was four a and a half hours a is a long time, you know what I mean. So that is a miracle in itself, you know. Yeah, definitely yeah, so it was a miracle. A, it was a blessing, and and they the van got fixed. They made it back safely. Uh, her and her mom did. Um, the kids survived the road trip, and uh, did quite well actually. I was pretty pretty pleased um, with how they did. So. It was kind of funny because I was telling people that story and I prefaced it by saying that, you know, there was, I really felt like a miracle happened. And these, a lot of these are people that aren't in church and they kind of just gave me that look like, I don't know if that's a miracle. You know what I mean? It's, they, they just want to write it off as, as. Yeah. Sometimes people try to do that, but you know, you know that you prayed you know, you know what was going on the that moment, right? And then you prayed, and just immediately, it was answered. You know, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. When I heard Janine say that, I kind of was almost had disbelief when I looked down and happened to see it, and I was like, oh. It was like it was like I was praying it, and I almost didn't <laughs> believe that it was actually going to happen myself. You know, I'm, I'm I'm kind of ashamed <laughs> to say that because you know it's like, you know, I feel like I should have better faith than that. But that is awesome, man. Yeah. Well, so I'm was, glad you shared it, bro. That is that is a fantastic. You know, sometimes the miracles that we get, you think it's small miracles, but 
the day-to-day miracles are the most amazing miracles uh, in our lives because we don't pay notice to the times that God rescues us. Uh, you know, we could have been involved in an accident and just just like that, an alternator starts working, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's so many times that God intervenes through the through the day and you just nailed it. If you're connected to the source, that's the kind of miracles that you'll be seeing on a day-to-day basis, you know. Right. Um, I was going to ask you, how did uh, – did you just preach at one church during this revival? Yes, I did, man. Um, it, well, we went and uh, Friday night we had some fellowship and then uh, uh, Saturday we had more like an outreach and okay. then Sunday morning and Sunday evening we, we ministered at the church and uh, it 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 was a fantastic time. And then, uh, uh, you know, evening service, there were pastors, neighboring pastors, like uh, I think there was a, a Baptist uh, church pastor that was there and a uh, Assemblies of God pastor was there as well. And then some neighboring pastors uh, came uh, from two two different UPCI churches that were there as well. So it was it was fantastic. And then uh, Brother Smith, Darren Smith, he invited all these pastors after service. You know, even even the other denominational pastors. Right. Uh, and we had a fantastic time of fellowship and just. Just loving on them, you know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, it was it was really neat. Is it were they fairly? Are they, were they kind of smaller churches that were around? Uh not really very small. Uh, I think they were. They just have one server. So, Brother Smith had mentioned that I was coming, and he just invited them, so they came. Um, oh, even wow. those uh, d- denominational pastors. Uh, he's, you know, I've I haven't really uh, seen this in, in a lot of places, but uh, uh, but what I'm seeing is Brother Smith made friends with with the neighboring denominational pastors. Oh, non UPC, yeah, non UPC as well. Oh, okay. And he invited these guys, and they were there, supportive. You know what I mean? Oh, and, wow. Uh, okay, I didn't I came, didn't catch that part. I, I apologize. Yeah, but but there were two two UPC pastors as well. So all together, about four four different pastors were there. Wow! And it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, sorry to jump back, but the internet kicked me off, so I'm back now. Um, but Nigel, you were talking about how you know from Ryan's story how the little things that God does for us, and how that happens so often, and sometimes we overlook it, and, and that's certainly true. But I also can't help but think like these things that God does, like that's not you can't explain that away. God fixed a car. No, man. Um, I mean, they're right. I have stories like that. I mean, I have a car that um, had a bad ball bear or a ball joint. It, that cannot, I mean, it's literally the ball joint was physically worn down. The ball joint part was too small for the socket. That's what happens. And it was shaking and I couldn't afford to fix it. And I prayed, I'm like, God, you can put a new ball joint on there or you can put the metal back on the old ball joint or stuff something in there, but make it stop shaking, fix it. And I'm telling you what, the next morning I got out, went to work and it did not shake a bit. Praise wow. God. You cannot ex- like, and yet, so then, okay, so yeah. that I have the faith for that. Is it really that much harder for God to fix organic matter 
in a body. And then when God heals somebody, we're like, oh, well, is that really God or did it just kind of happen? Like, mm. I, sometimes I wonder how us humans, yeah, you know, we, it's, right. we, we're so skeptical sometimes. I know. Yeah. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about us. No, yeah. I, you know, I know exactly what you're saying. It's like, so why do I easier. not go to the bus stop and just pray for people? <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> that is that is tr- so true, man. And sometimes I feel like it's easier for uh, people to believe the negative than the positive. You yeah. Know what yeah. I mean? if, if you tell them the negative, they are all over it. Yeah. But when you tell them the positive that, yeah, God did it and then they start questioning, you know. Yeah, well, you know, Eli Hernandez, um, I used to be in the Mm -hmm. district with him in SoCal and we talked a lot um, more by my choice than his. I kind of would corner him and just ask and talk to him. Um, He never seemed to mind too much but, um, you know, he was telling me, like, you know, something I've started doing, I'll go into a church and I'll tell a story about demonic activity. And he's like, man, everybody's on board. They're on the edge of their seats. They're listening. <laughs> Amen. You know, this and that. He's like, and then I'll tell them a story about angels and the same uh-huh. people. He's like, you can see it in their face. They're skeptical. Oh, I don't know if I believe that. Right. You know, and he's like, how come right. we believe right. that the devil <laughs> can do all this stuff and manifest? But angels, oh, I don't know if they really saw that, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. and, and I, well, I was just, telling him just too. Just talking about, go ahead. There was a situation um, where someone was making a big deal about they thought they might have captured part of an angel on a picture and, and you know, and, and this and that. And I, I said, I was just kind of surprised that this was a big deal because to me, like seeing it on a picture doesn't increase my faith. I know there are angels right. and I believe that they are interacting with us. So, I was talking to him about that and I was like, why, you know, why is this picture thing such a big deal? And he explained, he's like, look, you know, and partially I'm blessed because I grew up in in a family where angelic activity was not, um, you know, nobody was skeptical of it. We knew it happened um, and it was talked of as normal. My dad would frequently tell us stories of people he knew that had, you know, had encounters with the angels and read stories from books and things like that. So, to me, like seeing a picture that might possibly be light flares or might be an angel, it doesn't affect my belief one way or the other. Um, but he, you know, he was pointing out that he, so that's the story that led into, I'm talking about it as a church, we have so much more faith in the devil <laughs> and demons than him angels. A lot more credit than he deserves. And I apologize listeners. I can't do this towel thing over my head anymore. So, if it just got really <laughs> echoey, I apologize. Um, it, yeah, so bear with us. Um, I'll, tr- I'll do my best in post-production to eliminate it. That um, with This weekend, so as I told you, I was back at ABI, and I'll talk about that quite a bit more going forward. But we were in graduation, and the preacher one night, and I, man, I'll tell you, I am so excited about where ABI is going. It, I was so excited. Um well, one of the nights we had had good song service and, and everything and, and kind of normal God moving kind of songs, but nothing extraordinary. Preacher came up and was talking and was kind of telling stories. And then he stopped and he said, you know, S.G. Norris was an anointed man of God. And I'm not kidding. Like when he said it, it was like, boom, God's presence just fell. And I was 
in my mind immediately. And so when that happens, almost always it's God talking to me. Um, I felt like God says, when I hear people talking about Brother S.G. Norris, I want to be there. Wow. <laughs> and it was, man, powerful. Yeah. And then the preacher stopped and, and we started singing that old song. Um, I love him. I love him because he first loved me. And man, God's presence was there so strong. And then another day, uh, I, I, I was trying to help out with Charlie. I don't get to do that very often now because I'm preaching every service. And so, you know, I was helping out with her. She wasn't, she was being pretty loud. So I took her out, tried to get her to sleep. And I walked into the gym and I just, I walked in the gym and I was like, you know, if I'm out of church, I'm going to pray, I guess. I just try to make use of the time. So I was like, oh, Father. And like the moment I said it, it was like God was right there so quick. And I could just like all the memories of our prayer powerhouses, of early morning prayers, so many of them that yeah. didn't feel like anything was happening, you know, but God was watching and hearing. And, and the times I would wake up even earlier than early morning prayer and I would walk out in the field and pray, um, you know, caribou coffee devotion times and and yeah. all this came flooding back and it was just like, I felt like God's favor is on ABI. And, and man, I'm Amen. excited for the school. Jesus name. Um, but I don't want to go too off on that. That is awesome, man. Um, I wish, I wish I could have been there. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I'd, I think it'd be really cool if we could plan a, a meetup for graduation one year. Mm-hmm. Um, that I would, would love be awesome. That. I would, I would love that too, man. I've been missing it lately. Yeah, for sure. And um by so fast, man, the four years. I know. And of course I was there at the tail end of your guys' time, so Yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, um, who was it? Jeremiah All All Yeah, sorry man, I I forgot your name. Dude, I like that guy. I'd never (laughs) met him before. But um they're uh they're a dynamic duo. Yeah, and I, I don't know her much. Um, actually, I don't know. I didn't know either of them at all. But we were talking about missions and stuff. And man, I, anybody that has a heart for missions, you know, I'm going to stand right. there and talk to them. Aren't they go? Oh, no, they already went. They already went to some place in Europe. So right? they did. They, they went to Denmark for two months. That's right. And then they're now with Brother Dan Fleming. Oh, that's As okay. his youth pastor. Oh, they actually um, are. He there? was a class of. Yes, they're there. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's I mean, you can't yeah, get a better place know. than that. The yellow mustard yeah, that incident. Cool. That's what I think of when I think of Dan Fleming. <laughs> you guys remember the yellow mustard incident? I don't think I was there. I, I oh, don't think I come on, guys. Okay, okay. I will tell the story. So it was just his way of telling a story that so often we forget. He's um, the, where Paul rebuked Peter. Because um, what happened was, you know, Peter ministered to the Jews. Paul ministered to the Greeks. Well, at this one time, Peter was with the Gentiles ministering to them. And when I said Paul ministered to the Greeks, I meant he ministered to Gentiles. Well, Peter was ministering to the Gentiles. And so, he was eating with them. Well, Jews showed up. And so, Peter's like, oh, I don't want them seeing me eating with Gentiles. I'm going to step away. (laughs) And Paul rebuked him for it. Well... Brother Fleming made it memorable by saying he was probably there. You know, it's like Peter got caught with a ham sandwich in his hand and mustard had fallen down on his white shirt. Because we know he's wearing a white shirt. 
obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably had mustard on his white shirt from his ham sandwich and he got caught. Um, so that's the, that's the yellow mustard on the white shirt incident. <laughs> he, he had great, uh, stories and I love his principles. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, very I gifted. Dude did love his principle, man. That's, that's what he taught principles pretty much. It's yeah. Throughout the whole gospel. It's just in the book of Acts, just all principles. Yeah. He was very good about taking those out. But so, oh, speaking of which, I wanted to share this statistic. Do you know over the last 10 years, 90% of ABI graduates have gone into the ministry? 90%? Wow. Yes. And so, wow. the statement was made, you know, the other schools are great and I'm not knocking them, but if you want to go into the ministry, go to ABI. Amen to oh, that. And I don't, I don't disagree. And I, I used to always say, look, you know... It depends on what you're going for, where you should go. But if you want to learn to be a preacher, go to ABI because ABI makes preachers. Praise God. You know, this, uh, this, this is kind of funny incident that happened this weekend. Um, so there was a visiting, uh, pastor from a neighboring church, UPCI church that was there at uh, Brother Smith's church, and he brought along with him a staff as well. Uh, the guy was over his uh, home ministries and all that. And so he, you know, when my wife reached out to him and uh, shook his hands and said, praise the Lord, and uh, this man, you know, looked at her and said, you know, you seem like uh, someone that ha must have gone to Apostolic Bible Institute, and my wife's like, actually, yes, we. I I went to Apostolic Bible Institute, and she's she's like, how did you know, you know? And he's like, you know, there is something different about people that go to ABI. They just they know how to interpret the Bible correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. They can put a decent sermon together. No, I'm just kidding. The other schools are great. Please don't think we're against the other schools. Actually, we are very no, supportive of Bible school in general. Yeah. And we just encourage, as, as everybody knows, is listen to this show for a minute, that we think every young person should go to Bible school. Um, right. Yes. First. Amen. I know that, you know, differs with some ministers. But, all, all our Bible um, schools, yeah, all our Bible schools are tremendous. They're doing tremendous things. They have a deep burden for our the next generation. And I think uh, any area that you can get into, uh, do it, you know. Oh, so one of the things that came up in our pre-show talk is something I've been doing, you know, I'm pastoring now which means i the way our services are scheduled i preach on sunday and i preach on thursday and that's a big jump actually most young ministers that become pastors that's what they think is going to be their biggest challenge you know is how am i going to come up with enough stuff to preach and for me i inadvertently stumbled upon i think the secret to that problem of finding enough stuff to preach um one thing my dad told me had always told me that was a valuable thing to do and that is to teach a series on the significant characters of the bible or the great characters of the bible either way works of course significant characters you get to include the bad people if they're great characters you want to leave them out um, so i chose to start with the significant characters of the bible just start with adam and then i did 
um, Cain and then uh, Noah. And, and it's up to you to decide who you include, who you, of course, I could have talked about Enoch, but I didn't. Did Noah. We took a break in there and did uh, Hannah for Mother's Day, of course. And then for Thursdays, what I've done, I've also done a series and I have done the seven churches of Revelation. Um, so far, we've done mm. the introduction to the churches and then Ephesus. So we've only done two. Next one will be uh, Smyrna. Um, but what I've found is the hardest part of sermon prep is figuring out what you're going to preach. And then you right. start prepping and then you're like, no, this isn't right. And you just wasted three hours of <laughs> writing a sermon that's not right. Um, now, of course, you got to pray. You don't just come up with this stuff on your own. And, and I did in prayer f- felt this. But when you're just shooting off one-off sermons too, you tend to not – it's not like you, you don't have somewhere you're going as much generally. As whereas for me, I feel like I, I know where the end goal is, at least for, for the series of churches. Like there's a point. There's a continuity. It helps remember because it's easy to tie into last week. You know, and, and, and that. So I think that's a great tip for young ministers who have to start preaching more is do series. And now I know that's in vogue to do series, but for me, it's, it's, I like it better this way. Most series done today are topical. That's fine. There's nothing wrong right. with that. But again, then, you know, if you're doing a, a topic of faith, you're back to, okay, I have to come up with four sermons on faith. Well, I could preach. 25 sermons on faith. So then every week it's again, unless you pre-plan it, what am I going to preach about faith this week? As whereas this way it's laid out. Um, Next after this, I'm probably going to pick a book. I'm thinking maybe James to do um, and preach through the book of James or something, but doing these series specifically scripture based is very beneficial in that having continuity in your sermons, your people tend to grow more because there is that continuity. It teaches them to study the Bible for themselves. Um, I've had a lot of um, counsel to do to do these kind of things. So I just something that I've found has been beneficial. A lot of people in the church have given me good comments um, and, and talked about how they can't wait to find out who the next character is. And I'm like, well, if you guys read your Bible, you could probably figure it out. <laughs> Man, but, yeah. I just want to say congratulations. I know we haven't really talked much since you've moved but oh, i'm so excited for you guys and uh we pray for you guys we have a prayer list of people oh, that we you. pray for and you are on that prayer list well thank you and uh pray that you have great revival man oh, amen we need it amen. and you know honestly uh that that just brought up something in my mind even though i knew this was true and i'd heard like probably hundreds of preachers say this it has proven to be true. The hardest thing I've found is maintaining my own personal prayer life. Mm. And I knew that coming in. And so I expected it. And I thought I was going to not, it not be as big of a struggle, but it has been so easy to allow, you know, right. looking for a job, church work, you know, prep, sermon prep. Because I mean, before it was like sermon prep was not family a big time. deal and family time right. too but now and then it was like getting the house in order and there's always something to do um, right and i've just really realized like and i felt like i was praying you know too and like um i'm not n- knocking but i just haven't felt like our song service hasn't 
we haven't had a move of God to the level I really want. Um, it's not like it's been terrible, um, but it's just not to what I would like to expect. And I was like, okay, God, what do I have to do in the song service to have a better move of you? And I felt like it, I was reminded it's even that it all, all, all of it comes down to prayer. Amen. So, you know, you know, God Tim, didn't, I, I, oh, uh, I wanted to, before we get too far, I just wanted to, about what you mentioned about the, 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 you doing these series. Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't remember what class at ABI it was. And I, I think it was at ABI when I first heard someone talking about this style of, uh, preaching was, foreign to me and at first i was kind of i was i wouldn't say taken aback by it but the church i went to was like if they if they were going to do a series it was going to be a midweek bible study okay yeah but on sundays and this was kind of it was just because it was kind of drilled into me was like on sundays every message that came to that across the pulpit was specific for those people at that time Without any like preemptive uh, associating, as far about. as like knowing like three weeks in advance what we're going to be preaching on, yeah. Uh, and what was quickly pointed out to me, which which I you know obviously understood and and uh, appreciated, was that just because you have that thought planned out ahead as far as what the what the premise of the message is going to be, yeah, is that with the prayer and the fasting that within that message there will be specific things that will that will that meet the needs of who's ever there at that point in time but it was just it was a different thought it was a different concept for me because i always you know like i said i always felt like sundays were at least what was taught was evangelical yeah you know uh you what is good what is the message going to be about this sunday you know what's the time you know what's the you know what's the point that's going to come across the, the, this Sunday? I I had never been in a church before that did that type of process like you were doing, but I do think you, you, um, it is important, and most churches do this almost naturally to have different uh, maybe goals for different services. Like what mm-hmm. I expect from Sunday should be different from and it doesn't need to be one on Sunday and one on Wednesday. It can be whatever, but you need a service there's where your people know that's where they bring the sinners. Where somewhere in the message you are going to present the gospel. And right. then but I want another service where I can really kind of dig a little deeper. Because you don't feed a baby steak. Right. But I don't want to have to prepare baby food for the whole table. You know what right. I mean? And makes, so... Makes full sense, man. Yeah. yeah. And so... And actually, my dad always told me, you know, we have two services right now, so this isn't what's happening at our church right now. But he always said, you need three services. One should be evangelistic. One should mm-hmm. be general Bible knowledge where sinner, new baby in Christ, an experienced person can get a good good lesson from the Bible. And then your midweek should be your doctrine and deep Bible study where you're really digging deep. I was thinking even in Jesus, the sermons he taught to the multitudes were very different from the sermons he taught to his disciples. And so, whether you call it a service or not, you have to have a way that people who want to be disciples can get more, whether that's a service or that's, you know, a separate 
just home Bible study or meet at a coffee shop, whatever. You can't, people can't all survive on, you know, baby food. You need to have that available for the babies, but you got to be able to give meat. But I was encouraged too. I was telling my wife, I remember I was hearing, uh, I think it was a podcast or no, it was, it was brother Bernardo's preaching about church growth. And he said that it took him a year before they had a single worship service that he felt God moved in like he was happy with. Wow. And so now that's a church plant in all fairness. And we have, was he a church plant? Okay. Yes, that was a church plant. But okay. If it took him a year and at that point he already had a lot of experience. Um, so, you know, I'm like, if it takes us a couple months, I'll be okay with that. Um, but, but I was reminded, you know, that all the church growth strategies, it's nice and all that, but it's got to be based on prayer. Amen. Um, and if we do all the church growth stuff wrong, we get the prayer right. We'll have results. Man, right. um, still the key to revival. It is. And, and <laughs> every revival over the hi- course of history, everyone, the first one, the day of Pentecost to, you know, Topeka, Kansas to, uh, the Welsh revival to, you know, the Azusa street, they were all prayer meetings that broke out in a move of the spirit. And it's going to be what it is in these last days. We've just got to get back to prayer. And it's not going to be about having prayer conferences where we talk about prayer. I'm all for it. I love prayer conferences. Right. I would love to hear about prayer. I love to read about prayer. But at some point, I'm going to have to set that book down and just pray. Do it. And, and even if I pray wrong, and that's my problem. I like to do everything right. And I want to know how to do it. So, I want to have like, I want to make sure I'm praying right. But at some point... I've got to just quit worrying about praying right and just pray. You know, and the Lord will teach me. Amen. I've just got to pray. Amen. He called it, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. He didn't even say it'd be called a house of praise, a house of preaching, a house of prayer. You know, I just had this thought. I wonder what would happen if we would have equal amount of time praying in our church as we did singing Uh and preaching. Amen. There was a, this weekend on Saturday, we got a phone call the middle of the day, uh, you know, at this church at Granbury where we were associate pastors. There was a young couple that came in and, uh, the wife's name is Reva and, uh, she had some toothache or something and she just was, feeling sick so she went to the doctor and uh, for for some tooth pain or whatever and uh, they decided to do some tests run some tests and all that and uh, man what is it called uh, they said something about a blood clot in mm. his in oh, her an brain aneurysm. aneurysm aneurysm and so they said that she had a brain aneurysm and they were going to, she has four boys, you know, they have four boys, young boys, man. And they, they were going to rush her to the hospital, you know, to the ER and that they will have to do an immediate, uh, you know, s- surgery on her brain. And, and she's only, what, 28 years old, you know, just beautiful wow. family. And the husband, he he's a manager at you know, Chick-fil-A and all of that. But anyway, he just was just, just 
did not know what to do, you know. So anyway, we got the phone call, and uh, we began to pray, and the and the church, you know, family began to pray, um, and she was still, you know, in the ambulance going to uh, the bigger hospital, you know. And we began to command, you know, my wife and I just dropped everything and just, we're, we're close to this, this family. So we just dropped everything and just began to pray. We got the kids together and just said, Lord, you know, began to pray and command that aneurysm to be gone. And just before she gets to the, to the big hospital and by the time they do an, you know, x-ray that this will be gone. And lo and behold, she goes in there. And they start running the next, uh, you know, x-rays and all that. And the doctors are baffled, like, well, there's a shadow, but we don't see any aneurysm, you know. Wow. So uh, we, we, we can't just uh, start surgery right now. We'll do a second test. So they did a second test, and uh, they just were so confused that they did not know what was going on. They had to discharge her and said, "Well, we'll just keep monitoring this, and but but we sure know that you don't have an aneurysm." You wow! Know what I mean? Wow! Praise it's God! It's like you know, oh, and and coming back to prayer, you know, and uh, you know that is the key, man. If yeah. uh, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and pray, you know, what I mean, just pray. Um, you know, we if we'll just stop talking about it and start doing it, man. And I'm telling you, our churches, and I think that really brought unity to that church and, and the people at that church. And this uh, Pentecost Sunday, they had service, and because of that unity that was brought together uh, mm. at the church, there were like two baptisms and, and two filled with the Holy Ghost, you know what I mean? Because wow. the people's people's faith was just so high, you know? And Amen. these are the things that if it sparks in our churches, there is no telling what's going to start happening, you know? And we talk about the end time revival. It is here. If If we begin to just pray, you know? Hey, man, thanks for sharing that. That was awesome. Yeah, we were excited, man. Man, how come you didn't share that back in the beginning, bro? Come on. What? That was good. <laughs> that was good. How's good. she doing right well, now? She's doing okay? She, yeah, she's home. She's with her family and, and just the doctors want to just, you know, monitor oh. it and just to see if uh, if if there's something else, something, you know what I mean? But yeah, they they were baffled, man. They were baffled. Wow. Yeah. So we got this message um, from Cody Fuller uh, the other day, and it said, I still really love the show, by the way. It's really a huge blessing. And I thank you guys so much for the Feast of Wisdom. I don't uh, know about the Feast of Wisdom, but we are so <laughs> incredibly grateful for those kind words and just really any message. Thank you. If you Cody. like, yes, thank you. If you like the way the show is being done with this more conversational format, let us know. Don't judge us too harshly on this first one. I think next week will be a little tighter, hopefully. Um, we'll we'll kind of know what we're going into. And uh, if you like it, we'll keep st- sticking with this. If you prefer the other format, we might consider going back. But let us know what you think. It's so encouraging. It is work to put these episodes on. Um, but when we get those kind of messages, man, it sure makes it yeah. feel like it's worth yeah. it. 
we really we're want three, to three different uh, time zones yeah well today <laughs> we're in in two because i'm in a oh, hotel you're still, you're still. sitting on the floor of a bathroom <laughs> in a hotel just outside of chicago yeah um so just, that's how much we care we about the show <laughs> yes I, i'm not complaining just letting you know how much we care um, but normally yes. i like the oh. message that uh Andrew Emerson posted on our Facebook page as well. well uh, which one was that? I meant to thank read it. I just couldn't find it. It's uh, He says, thank you for doing what you do. I have been looking for a podcast like this for some time. He says, I'm a father, a husband, worship leader, youth pastor, and this podcast has already been a blessing for me. I love the transparent, uh, relatable truth that I hear every episode. Good to hear from men who want the same thing that I and so many others want. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you, sir. That's that's the one I was looking for, and I couldn't find. I couldn't remember where we got that. So thank you so much. Uh, this man, is that's what so encouraging. makes it worth doing it. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, we're going to try to continue to step up the quality. We've tried us several different things over the last uh, year or so, and I think we're kind of narrowing in on how we want it to be, and we're going to keep on doing that and then really focus on upping our quality and um, just really serving you better. We That's what we want to do. We want to help you right. grow your ministry. We know we can't do it, but we just want to be there with you and to grow your ministry as we grow. Uh, any parting words, right. Nigel, Ryan? Man, thank you so much, uh, all of you, for the comments, for the likes, for the share you know, sharing this uh, podcast so that we can partner with all of you and uh, that we can team up for this end time revival and uh, see how we can help as well. Uh, we mm-hmm. just want to be part of of the kingdom of God, of the work of God. And, uh, you know, we don't get anything out of this as, you know, just to just to partner with you and bless your life. And uh, we thank you once again. I think you meant to say we don't get any monetary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yes, yeah, I, get I, mean, I mean monetary. Yes, that's you, you got we get, we get many. We get many blessings. Uh, yes, so yes. blessings. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Any yeah. other benefits. Um, I have a <laughs> teaser just in case oh, all you yes, listeners teaser. wanted a reason to come back to download our next episode and lord willing there will be a next episode amen <laughs> but i always have to say that lord willing there'll be tomorrow it says this seven things i know you love lists right i do seven Give things every leader should banish starting today but of course you won't be able to start them until the next episode so right be careful what you do this next few weeks ah! until we have our next episode. Seven things every leader should banish starting today. And mm. we'll be talking about that on our next podcast. All right. All right. Well, definitely check in. I'm going to check in next week just so I can find out what those seven things are because I don't know there what they we are. <laughs> well, thank you again for listening. We really, really appreciate all the feedback we get. And until next episode, remember, you matter to the kingdom of God. Behind the Pulpit Podcast. That was the slowest uh
<laughs> it's like you're like you're trying to find those last few words. 